Today on the Political Theory of Everything, I will be giving you your daily dose of news for today's date, Thursday, July 8th. To start off today's news, we have an article from Fox News. The title of this one, New York Times blasted for defending the, uh, uh, quote, pornography literacy, end quote, for first graders, uh, quote, these people are sick, end quote. So, concerned parents and media critics swatted the New York Times on Thursday after the newspaper paper heralded Justine Ang Fonte, a New York teacher who recently became infamous for her sex ed curriculum for children and young adults as a, quote, sex positive educator and group, and called her lessons, quote, pornography literacy, end quote. We covered this uh, previously and uh, in, in previous episodes, I mean, we, we covered this in an article talking about how this is what's happening in the public school system. Sex ed went more from, you know, avoiding teen pregnancy to basically, I mean, like you see, I mean, it's, it's almost sexualizing children now. And so for seven years, Font, uh, I hope, I mean, I think it's called Fonte. Fonte was the director of health and wellness at the Dalton School on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. In May, she was invited to, to teach two Zoom lessons on, quote, pornography, literacy, and consent, and quote, to juniors and seniors at Columbia Grammar and Preparatory School in the Upper West Side. Those lessons reportedly included some inappropriate images, outraging parents, and eventually leading to her resignation. We reported one, I don't think it was this one, it was a different one from an elementary school, kind of with the exact, uh, kind of with the same curriculum, if not the same curriculum. But basically, the parents are now reacting to this, as the parents uh, reacted to the other ones, um, which we talked about. And the New York Times basically said that this is good, she's doing a really good thing. And so... And this is exactly what the New York Times actually tweeted out. Quote, Pornography literacy classes are supposed to teach students how to critically assess what they see on the screen. But when a sex-positive educator taught her curriculum at two elite New York City schools recently, some parents were outraged. End quote. So, apparently inside of the article, they praise her for what she did and show and basically argue that there's nothing wrong with her classes and that apparently multiple sex educators say that there's nothing wrong with the classes. And then the parents then responded to that after responding to the schools. They responded to that and bashed the New York Times for saying that basically like, you can't tell me what should be taught to my kids. That's not your choice, that's mine. And so it's now just this huge article, uh, I mean, uh, argument back and forth about whether they can teach this, and it goes on for quite a while. It is a very long article, uh, if you wish, once again, Fox News, and um, until there's an update, we're going to move on to the next one, CNN. So, the title of this one, Pfizer says it's time for a COVID booster, FDA and CDC say not so fast. This just came out, uh, uh, the, the drug maker Pfizer said Thursday it is seeing waning immunity from its coronavirus vaccine and it says it is picking up efforts to develop a booster dose that will protect people from variants. This is going to be, this is the question I think with the vaccine is, is this a one-time thing or am I going to have to do seasonally? And, um, if you want the vaccine, well, you have to do it seasonally. And what does this mean by a booster? Does this mean I get to wait till next year 
to then take it again? Like, how exactly is this working? So I'm sure this is frustrating a lot of people who got the vaccine because now they're going to have to basically get another version of it again. And it, it, I guess it makes people question that the efficacy of the vaccines even more. Uh, as, you know, there wasn't as much testing and suddenly now they're saying, well, approve this booster for us. And it's just... Americans were already questioning the vaccine enough, and this is going to make them question it more, but we'll continue. It said it would seek emergency use authorization from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for a booster dose in August after releasing more data about how well a third dose of, uh, third dose of vaccine works. This is from CNN. So obviously, most likely they will twist it towards, you know, more vaccine is great. Um, and not necessarily that it, or on the right it's bad, because plenty of people like Ben Shapiro and them have gotten the vaccine. So it's not like, you know, it's a right versus left. It's not as black and white as people think. But in an unusual move, the two federal agencies said that Americans don't need the boosters yet and said it was not up to companies alone to decide when they might be needed. Hours after Pfizer issued the statement, the FDA and the CDC issued a a uh, joint statement saying Americans do not need the booster shots yet. So I guess trying to reinforce the efficacy of the vaccines and saying, you know, we don't need these until I think it's six months, which the article may say, but you don't need it for six months and after your second dose. And I actually ended up doing two different articles on this. So you could see the CNN side and you could see Blaze. So you can see the left and the right of what's being said about the vaccine. But um, Pfizer and its partner BioNTech said evidence was building that people's immunity starts to wane after they have been vaccinated. The Pfizer vaccine requires two doses to provide full immunity. Um, once again, tests inside of a lab are very different from the real world. And as you can see here, that's one of the things is they're realizing, oh, wow, this is not lasting nearly as long as we expected. Um, and so... The, apparently, the protection remained high for se for several months. It started to drop after uh, a certain amount of time to, from what it was. And so every after 6 to 12 months following your second dose is when you would get this third booster dose. And that's where it kind of pushes you along. I think the idea of it is to push you along to really get to that final like long-term protection. Um, but we'll see. Uh, uh, we're we're going to continue with this topic. The the CNN article goes on for a bit, but we're just going to switch over to Blaze about the same thing. The title of this one, Pfizer to seek approval for booster shot to combat variants. FDA and CDC issue rare statement pushing back. Here you go. Almost two different two different takes on this. Is CNN saying it's to boost the efficacy and the Blaze saying it's to boost, I mean, efficacy in a way, but longevity was the main topic from CNN. And now you hear from the Blaze, you have the booster shot to combat variants. Now it might be both, you know, longevity and variants, which would make sense because it would, it would last longer if it's able to compete against different variants, not just the ones from previous. So that would make sense. It would create longevity by fighting other variants. And so the Pfizer... A company announced Thursday that it would be seeking emergency authorization from the FDA for a booster shot, like we talked about. And basically, uh, same same thing where uh, FDA and CDC pushed back. And so we're going to continue on. The pharmaceutical giant cited early data from a small study that indicated a third booster shot could help to stop the, uh, stop the spread of coronavirus variants that are threatening a resurgence of the pandemic. 
Uh, that study said that a booster could increase neutralizing antibodies levels by a factor of five to 10 times the original. So that's kind of where it shows the efficacy and the longevity where there's more antibodies, so it allows you to fight more variants. And by having more antibodies, you're able to have more longevity. It lasts longer, the efficacy of it is longer. And so basically, article covers the same response. Americans don't need it yet. But that's where I just thought it was so interesting. I went from CNN to find an article to read for you guys, and then I went to The Blaze. And I see the two different wordings in it. And I think that's the highlight of what it is, is, you know, how the news outlets can have the exact same story and, re and report the exact same quotes and have these different titles to it. And that's because it's all about trying to drag the reader in, which is something you need to keep in mind, is you're trying to drag the reader in the title of the articles will almost never have the the information that they don't want to tell you. Meaning, there's an article on CNN one time where it said, Israel attacks Palestine, or something like that, in the Gaza Strip. But what they didn't say in the title, but what they said in the article, like four paragraphs down, was that Palestine attacked them first in this situation. It was the one with the balloons. But then when you went to, like, the Daily Wire, a right wing, inside of the title it says, Israel responds to Hamas attack in or Palestine attack in the Gaza Strip. See how it's like the difference. You have to read articles. You cannot just read titles to understand the entirety of the story. If you do just read titles, recognize that you are missing out on a lot of the information. So um, the health officials, Dr. Fauci and others, have already warned the public that they should consider wearing masks again when indoors in a public setting in order to get ahead of the spread of the Delta variant. I mean, this is just, this is, once again, causing so much questions with the, uh, with the vaccine and the efficacy of it. And, you know, is it, if it, is it even worth taking if I, like, why would I not just wait for it to be more effective? And so I guess that's all we'll have on it for now. Like I said, it just came out. Uh, the CNN article was from 1022 today, and I can't see the exact time for the blaze, but also that was today. So that's a today news thing. Moving on to CBS News. I thought I'd change it up with this one. 14-year-old Zayla Avant-Garde wins the 2021 Scripps National Spelling Bee. So, she is a 14-year-old from New Orleans, Louisiana, who was crowned the winner of the 2021 Scripps National Spelling Bee on Thursday night. She is the first African-American winner of the bee and ended the competition with the word Murraya. Uh, M-U-R-R-A-Y-A, which is a, a flowering plant. And... Um, whatever that's just the article mentioned it so i might as well tell you what it is so she felt quote really good end quote after her victory which i imagine she would i doubt she would be sad um but anyways um quote now i get a nice trophy which is the best part of any win end quote she said on the stage i i uh remember the days when i would have the spelling bee and um it's just, it's an interesting competition to watch, especially in elementary school. Because it's, I mean, now when you look back on it, you realize it's very simple words. In the final round, a girl had to spell the word lake, like L-A-K-E, lake. So, um, yeah. Anyways, just uh, obviously this is uh, a bit a bit more difficult than the one that was at my school. But, you know, you know uh, almost the exact same, of course. <laughs> Um, in the final rounds of the competition, Avant Garde uh, faced off against 12-year-old Kaitra Thamala. After the girls spelled two words correctly each, Fidibus 
and Houtir, Nepeta, and Futrils. See what I mean? I mean, basic words like lake, of course. Thamala faltered on Neroli oil, leaving avant-garde the opportunity to claim the title. Um, I mean, geez, this sounds like my experiences. When presented with her final word, Muriah, she first asked if it included the English name Murray, which could be the name of a comedian. Um, the, the, the pronouncer, which is the person who says the word, basically said, I don't see that there, and she then spelled it right and won $50,000. So ESPN says 13, except CBS says 14, so I'm not sure how that works out. Mm, that's weird, unless some of them, I mean, obviously one of them got it wrong, because she's not both. So let's see. Um, yeah, like this other person, ESPN still says 13. The other one says 14. So I, 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 NBC says 14, CNN says 14, USA Today says 14. So I'm guessing CN, uh, ESPN accidentally typed that wrong. Um, that's just a guess. So anyways, that's, that's, there you go. So that's pretty cool. I could never do that. Uh, moving on to the Daily Wire. Countries begin to reject Biden's uh, global minimum tax idea. Uh, nine countries are rejecting the Biden administration's proposed, quote, global minimum tax, end quote. Uh, during last month's meeting of the G7, President Biden and other world leaders endorsed a, quote, strong global minimum tax, end quote, of at least 15%. The White House called the policy a, quote, a, oh, sorry, policy, quote, a critical step towards ending the decades-long race to the bottom that pushes nations to compete over who can offer the lowest tax rate to large corporations at the expense of protecting workers, investing in infrastructure, and growing the middle class, end quote. However, smaller nations which compete with the larger powers by minimizing taxes and regulations are beginning to reject the deal. A, a Fox Business reported that only 130 of the 139 Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development member nations signed the tentative framework. Uh, Barbados, Estonia, Hungary, Ireland, Kenya, Nigeria, Sri Lanka, St. Vincent, Peru, and the Gren Grenadines have so far refused to endorse the tax. Um, they they then kind of start talking about the different taxes everywhere and how they, how some, I mean, a small country like Sri Lanka has no other thing that they can attract a company into them, a corporation into them, without lowering their taxes. So it, it's a way to keep competition and keep it fair for those smaller countries that can't attract people the same way that a bigger country like America could or Mexico or Canada or London I mean, or Great Britain, I guess. And But it just it allows them to draw in people. I mean, a state that's less popular is cheaper. It's the same idea. And so that's just an interesting thing. And I want you to pay attention. It says, you, you see how it says, countries begin to reject Biden's global minimum tax. The way that they lay that out is basically saying, um, you know, they don't say big countries or small countries. They just say countries. So the idea is naturally in your head, you would want to say bigger countries, which I mean, that's not to say that, you know, some countries are insignificant. But, I mean, obviously, Ireland is the most significant country. Uh, I mean, as an Irishman, an un completely unbiased opinion on that. Um, but, obviously, if they don't endorse it, then it has to be wrong. So, there's no there's no debate here. Um, nobody can prove me wrong with this one. But they don't endorse it, and I, I, I would lean against it just because 
each country is a bit different and that is a way for them to attract people into their country and attract businesses into their country and with a 15% minimum some countries will lose a lot of corporations and they will lose a lot of money and it will overall hurt them which are obviously those countries that are like we can't do this it'll hurt us and that was our final uh, usually I open with daily wire but I wanted to have both the Pfizer ones together so I switched up the article orders and I'd rather you know end with the minimum tax than what we were talking about with the New York Times and you know you who wants to end on that type of a note so we're going to end on this one I will try to keep you updated on this obviously it's a progressing thing and the Pfizer one as well once again the Pfizer just came out today Um, so I'll try to keep you updated on all the news I get on that but until then I hope you have a wonderful Thursday and a wonderful rest of your week thank you so much for listening